You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Wepa, what up, mi gente? It's your boy, Al Mega. Welcome to a brand new Comic Crusaders Podcast. And today, we got an awesome, awesome guest. I mean, homie is a writer. He is a cover artist. He got a fantastic book that you could pick up on store shelves, right? Or via Fanbase Press. That's right. Uh, this book is on Fanbase. It's called Ripple Effects. It's up to issue three, and it is a banger. So let me talk to the person that is writing this book. There's some dope cover art and has his own amazing journey as well. The one, the only, the future star that's about to devour the comics world, Mr. Jordan Hart. What's going on, kid? How you doing? Good. That that's the greatest intro I've ever gotten in my life, I would say. So thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> no way, my brother, because no, thank you. Thank you for doing such a dope book that is Ripple Effects. You and your partner are smashing it, homie. Smashing thank you so it. Much. All right. I, thoroughly entertained with the first three issues. Got really into the story um, of being a superhero with a very uh, crazy struggle, if you will, which we'll get into, and very real sounding to me in, in that case, you know? Not every superhero is perfect, you feel me? And so I, I like the approach you took with that and, and, you know, the cast and all. I was like, okay, uh, we're going to get into this. So let's get into the origin story of Mr. Jordan Hart. No relation to Brett or the Hart Foundation, right? No, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, when I was a kid, I was a big DX guy too. So you know. Oh yes, yeah. uh, well, good times, good times, good wrestling era. <laughs> yeah. I think if you would have told any of us that The Rock would become what he is these days, I don't, I don't. I mean, maybe you could have seen it. I, I no, I saw it. I saw it. He he had a different personality than than yeah. most of the wrestlers. You know what I mean. So I, I saw it, and obviously Vince saw it, and it took hella advantage, but good for him. But you know what? This is about the rock of comics over here, the rock star, Mr. Jordan Hart. So, kiddo, talk to me. Where you, where you from? Where you grew up at? Great. So, yeah, I, uh, I grew up in the Midwest in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, so uh, not a lot to do there during winters when, when you're stuck inside seven, eight months of the year, depending on how bad the winter is. So uh, always had an interest in drawing, always did. Really? And um, Was that something that was you, you yourself or things that you saw that maybe a family member introduced friends? Yeah, it was, it was just me. As long as I could remember, I was always drawing. You know, my mom's favorite story is that I took a colored pencil to her wall like three weeks after I learned how to walk. So that was, that was <laughs> destructive. Shouldn't have done it, but you know. <laughs> Just uh, always, always had a pencil or crayon in my hand or mark or whatever. So, uh, so my parents, my mom saw that and thought that maybe I'd like a comic book. So they bought me. Um, I was like four, four or five. They bought me the Ghostbusters two graphic novel ad, uh, adaptation, right? Okay. And I loved it, but I loved it because it was Ghostbusters, not because it was a comic book. If that makes. Yeah. No sense, I get but, you. I get you. You were a fan of something, not, not yeah. particularly of the genre it was presented in. <laughs> totally, totally. So then, would have been two years later, 1991. I'm at the grocery store, haven't really thought about comics, and and I walk by. I'm six years old. I still remember it. I, I walk by the magazine rack, and I see Jim Lee's X Men number one, and, and I see it's like a dude with uh 
lasers coming out of his eyes, a dude with claws out of his hands and a man made of ice. And I was like, I, I need to get, I don't care what this is. I was like, tell him, I was like, don't buy me food for the week. Give me this instead. Like this is all. I'll all, starve mom. Give me this, yeah, please. Yeah, please, please. All for I'll be a good boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And luckily she did, she did purchase it for me. And I hope uh, she bought you food too though. Oh uh, yeah. 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 Okay. okay. <laughs> it as well. Yes. And, uh, that's that's what really changed everything. That was like I would say my defining wow. moment in comics is finding X Men One just on my own and and finding Tim Lee shit on your finding own. Finding Tim Lee and then yeah and then it just it just exploded from there and it really never stopped ever ever since you know just I've always been into comics uh, always always loved them and and uh, yeah. So let me ask. Growing up then, you know, here you are, you're a geeky kid, right? You know, you're into comics, you're into this old mm -hmm. stuff, you're, you're an artist. I mean, uh, did you have a like-minded wolf pack, if you will? Uh, I did. You know, it's funny uh, when Stranger Things came out, and it was very funny because I feel like watching Stranger Things, that was my neighborhood, my neighborhood group, right? We were we were that's in my, a... That's my homies, huh? Yeah, yeah, we were... <laughs> We were in a uh, a working class neighborhood on the south side of Milwaukee, and um, we just had our bikes, and then that was that was what we did. We had a comic book store, like a ten minute bike ride away. When we were old oh, enough cool. to go, just go there, and yeah, me and my two neighbors, they were both a year younger than me, but we we loved comics, and we all loved comics together. We all loved the uh, X Men animated show, you know that. That brought a lot of people in when I was young, the animated show, into comics. I still remember that, too. Did, did you become the go-to comic geek of, of the school? If people yes. ask questions, too? In the yes. X-Men, is this really like the comic? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. And, I, and, and, and uh, yeah, yeah. And that hasn't changed. I, I think that's <laughs> it's today. I'll have friends text me, like, I'm looking for first appearance of Modoc, uh, where what is that? I'm like, oh, that's an old Strange Tales issue. Just just Google Strange Tales. I think. Yeah, it? Google it. Google it. Yeah. Yeah, but okay, I do the same thing, kiddo. But what what they wind up asking me on follow up? How much should I pay? I'm like, oh my god, you want me to be a professional grader, bro? <laughs> and especially now, especially in the year of yes. 2022, these the the comic prices are insane. They're insane. Yes, they I mean, are. I would have never thought that that some of these books would be going for what they're going. my friend uh i i hate going through the instagram feed because you know i'm into comics and i have to follow comic stuff but when they start oh. showing photos and I, I swear about every photo of maybe 10 comics i could say i had at least half or, or at least a piece of those sure. i'm like god yeah. i had to sell it though again i was lucky enough to have the comics to sell at the time to help my family you know what i mean so it's it's oh, a boy. blessing but of course you know when you look at it you know it's also regret afterwards like damn it <laughs> no i know yeah I, uh yeah you did the right thing family first right well, always family yeah, first it's uh yeah it's it's tough it's like i i i wish so so much like all those books i saw that were like 60 bucks at the time like i'm not spending 60 bucks on that now they're like 600 like damn <laughs> why did i buy it then but anyways yeah. i what get I it it's, it, it's it's a tough business let me tell you yeah all right yeah. so while you were in school were you doing comic art and whatnot or, or is that something you know again you were always into you say but did you do that there and did you have commission requests and you know how serious did you take it you know there was always art first before any type of writing right 
Correct. Yeah. So all the way, all the way through grade school, it was always just like sketching. It was Christmas. I'd sketch Wolverine in a Santa hat for my friends or do like Gambit and with elves or whatever, you know, like I was always, uh, always doing the sketches. And then I got to high school and, um, I was, uh, in the art program. It's like the top art school for the state of Wisconsin high school wise. So they're very fine art focused. So I kind of, you know, fell into the trap of, oh, comics aren't art. Like that's just Ah. pop art. So while I still loved comics and read them and bought them and dressed as Spider-Man for Halloween and all that stuff. But, uh, I I started doing more painting, more, uh, like more abstract painting. Yeah. I went, went to, um, college, I went to art school. So I did go to art school and, um, that was real, really where I had to make the decision is, do I want to be an illustrator or do I want to do something else? And uh, I chose to go into graphic design, um, figuring that I could always illustrate and practice and like get to a level if I needed to, you know, because like all of my heroes, Jim Lee, Todd McFarlane, Rob Liefeld got hired out of high school, you know, yeah, like right? really start studied art they just grinded over sketch pads every day got there so yeah so i went into design and uh thought you know well maybe i'll go into comics after i get my degree i don't know so i was the first person in my family to go to for to go to college so um, awesome also felt like yeah i wanted to you know there were so many jobs in graphic design that i was like okay like at least i'll have a job somewhere and i can draw on the side if needed Oh, there you go. There you go. I like it. So, well, when did the spark come to actually now do a comic book? When did that happen? How did it happen? So, yeah. So, how how did it happen is that, um, and I'm sure we'll get into this later, but uh, I had become very ill, uh, very sick. I almost died. And uh, I was on bed rest for three months. Three months? Yeah. Yeah in wisconsin winter in feb in february in the north you know that's the worst Oof. that's the yeah, worst I know. it's just like the days are short they're gray every day it's like four degrees it's, it's terrible but yeah, uh, depressed and central <laughs> yeah yeah totally yeah it was uh and uh at the time one of my almost my men uh, my mentor my closest friend and mentor at in my uh in my career in advertising uh, he grew up with comics too, so we really connected over comics uh, before. Okay. I got so he came and visited me once I got out of the hospital and just brought a stack of books. I mean, like everything Marvel, DC, like w- whatever. It's just this massive tower, and uh, I really had nothing else to do. So, so yeah, I just started catching up, and um, I was just like becoming so ill and almost dying. It's like I've it gives you perspective and i yeah. was like you know i feel like i have a second chance like i want to do something with it and maybe i can maybe i could do a comic and and i knew um i didn't have the chops to draw right you know because i just had been so rusty it was to take years to get back up to speed and i was like well maybe i can give it a shot at writing and uh and it just and you of- never wrote before that correct i had never <laughs> written before yeah okay check that out he, he would Look at it. This guy is in this bed on bed rest after going through a light, and he's thinking, "What's my next move?" <laughs> Inspiring, kiddo. Totally. That is dope. Thank you. Thank you. That is dope. So, what was that learning curve like? Because now you've never written a comic before. Yeah, uh, it was it was <laughs> steep. You know what I mean? Like uh, sometimes, like if I get if I focus on something, like I don't 
give up until I get there. You know what I mean? So like, I almost get like obsessive about it. So like to get there, I was not educated as a writer. I went to art school. So uh, just reading a ton, ton of books. And there's not really that many books on comic book writing. There are some now, like Bendis has one, you know, some good ones, but at the time there weren't. So uh, I just read a ton of screenwriting books. And that is a piece of uh, advice I give anyone that says, well, I'd like to write comics, but I don't know how to write, like buy how to write screenplay books, because you'll learn all the stuff you need to know in there. And, um, you know, comics are like movies and the fact that they're so visual, right. They're yes. like, you're seeing it this is like what you're getting. So it's, it's great. You know, like if you were to read a book on how to write a novel, um, you'd become a really good writer. You'd probably write really good dialogue and good story, but like it doesn't translate as much because um, it's just so much more detail in a novel where in a film you're seeing it like one frame yeah. of film, one panel of a comic, you get it. Coffee shop done, you know, like move on to something else. So, so yeah, I just, I read a, t a ton of screenwriting books. I wrote a ton of bad scripts, <laughs> terrible <laughs> scripts, terrible scripts. Um, I had one friend who was a screenwriter, a friend of a friend of a friend who was a screenwriter that was kind enough to read a couple of my first scripts and give me notes and be like, this is what you should do. You're not doing this. You're doing that, blah, blah, blah. And, and that helped. And then, um, then I just started pitching comic companies, um, you know, to, to try and to try and get a comic. It took two years and endless rejections endless uh ghosting but you know like again being such a huge fan of those nine late 80s 90s guys so like i knew todd mcfarlane i think he had like he said like 500 rejection letters or something like that where like he's got <laughs> it's like they didn't phase me and and then that's that's my other number one tip of advice to anyone trying to break into comics is like don't let the nose phase you because it's just like it's just growing pains everyone has to go through it this is not personal um and once you get there you'll someone will bite so yeah. uh, it's only no for now i mean that yeah, means just later exactly. exactly my wife has a really good quote yeah it's like it's like it's it's no it's just like i'm not ready yet you know what i mean or yeah. you're you're not ready you like look at it that way and looking back at all those no's i got i was not ready like I, there was I was there. If, if anything that I did submit originally was published, I'd be so embarrassed. You know what I mean? Like, oh God, please never read this. So, uh, gotcha. so I gotta know. So, is, is this book your first project? Period? No, this okay. is this would be my fourth, fourth comic. Wow, fourth, yeah. fourth. It, it, has it gotten easier? Yes, yes, it has. <laughs> each one gets easier. So, awesome. So, let, let's start getting into this baby and, and and the creative team and, and the awesome publisher shout out to barbara for fan base again press for hooking it up over here um tell us what is ripple effect okay yeah thank Thanks. you uh <laughs> so ripple ripple effects is a uh it's my first superhero story um but oh, it's the first superhero oh yeah, okay, my cool. first superhero story correct yeah everything i've done has been horror sci-fi so this this is the, my first superhero book um, and it, it's basically, uh, a young 25 year old aspiring novelist, um, gets type one diabetes. So his body transforms and he has acute type one diabetes, but what came with the diabetes is invincibility. 
So he calls himself a superhero paradox. So literally his name is George. Nothing can hurt George except his own body. Uh, the simplest terms, like if I'm a convention, it's like, imagine Superman, but instead of kryptonite, it's his own pancreas. It's his own body. And, uh, and, and he's very, um, he rejects being a superhero and keeps it a secret because he doesn't think uh, he can be a superhero with his diabetes. If his insulin crashes, if something goes wrong on a mission, you know, he could slip in a diabetic coma in a matter of minutes or, or hours. So um, it's a, it's a very character driven story on him struggling to, you know, accept his powers. Um, but, you know, that being said, it's, it's a positive story. It's optimistic, you know what I mean? And, and my goal was to just tell a really, uh, like real story um, and and how someone would feel in that situation and and uh, go from there. I think you did a wonderful job, but that also may be tied to what you've gone through personally in life. Am I correct to state that? Yes, yes, correct. So yeah, so the I, the I, the the <laughs> other question: Where does the idea come from? Right, you know, yeah. that's the hardest question any writer has to answer. But this one, I I do know so. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, when I was on bed rest, it's because when I was 25, um, I basically had a pulmon multiple pulmonary emb embolisms. Oh, are, shit. Yeah, blood clots that's, that start in your leg, go through your heart and into your lungs. And they kill one in three people. And I had multiple ones. I was 25, in perfect health, like worked out, uh, didn't eat bad or anything. And I, and I, I just thought I had a cold and I started like coughing up a ton of blood and I was like, Ooh, should go to the hospital. And, uh, and yeah, they, they said, wow. you got a ton of blood clots in your lungs. Uh, I was like a day would have been the show's over if I would have waited another day, which is crazy. So they, they rushed me, uh, in and, uh, hooked me up on like super blood thinners and, um, and yeah, I remember sitting there and, and they ran, they did blood work every hour on the hour for five days. And, and, uh, they thought I was working too much. They thought I had, um, cause you can get a blood, it's rare, but you can get a blood clot from sitting for a really long time without getting up, you know, like, um, you know, so I believe Serena Williams was on a really long flight and didn't get up and that's how she got her blood clot. So that's what they thought had happened to me. Um, they did all these tests and no clotting disorders came back on the test. So they're like, okay, I just sat too long. I got to get through this rest up three months. Of that yeah. rest, I'll be back. Uh, so then, yeah. Isn't that yeah. crazy though? Through the rest, how uh, you may have gotten it asking you to rest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. It's, yeah. Don't sit right late, I guess. Right. But, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's confusing, but uh, I'm very familiar with this though, Jordan, because, um, I had someone in my life deal with, with that very thing. And there yeah. was very, very serious where it yeah. had to go into surgery because oh, the, wow. uh, the 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 uh, clock busters were not functioning. Oh, wow. Wow. Are they, did, are they okay? Yes. Yeah. Now they are, you know, thank God they are. And they, you know, doing well and strong. Yeah. But yes, I've been there to see that. And it's it's very scary. So I'm glad you're still with us, brother. Thank you. You said, Thank you, one in three that you know that you look at that. I'm lucky enough to meet two survivors already. Yeah. Thank you. That's and I'm glad that your your family member is okay too. Um. So yeah. Then then a year and a half later, they're like, you can go off your blood thinners. You're healed. Like, wait. You, you were able to get off them though because you had 
Wow. Yeah, because they couldn't find any blood clotting disorders. They couldn't. So find if they it. don't find it, they it can't be stopped then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so they there like, we go. It's a fluke thing. I went off blood thinners. I was off blood thinners for four or five weeks, started coughing up blood again, started having crazy chest pain, couldn't even stand from the pain in my lungs. I knew right away. I so went to the hospital. Sure enough, they did a scan. I think I had like 11 clots in my lungs. What so, the hell? It was crazy. So then they, they basically told me that blood clotting disorders right now, you'd think with all the technological advancements we have, right, that it'd be, it'd be whatever. But it's like right now they say blood clotting disorders are like an iceberg. They know about what's above the water, but below the water, they just they don't even have tests to register it's a mystery. that. Yeah. So they said... And I was healthy my whole life, right? And and they said basically, you know, your blood mutated. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me! I was like, I wish to be, <laughs> I wish to be a mutant my whole life. Where's my powers, Doc? Yeah, I was like, what is this? Like, why can't I fly or shoot lasers? Like, this is what I get. You know. So um, so yeah, it was back again. Blood thinners for life at that point. Uh, back oh, wow. on the rest again. And uh, yeah, like one doctor made in pa in passing, like, so, yeah, your own body is your own worst enemy. And I remember sitting there like, ding, that's a story idea. A, super, <laughs> a superhero who's invincible, but whose own body can kill him. And and that's how ripple affects uh, how it was conceived. Now, that was 2012. So 10 years ago. That was, what? was wow. yeah, 10 years ago. And I just... Uh, so this was sitting sitting on a shelf in the back of your brain, if you will, for, for this long of a time. Correct. Yeah. Wow. I, I just uh, it was uh, it was too hard to write. Originally, George was it was fresh. Had, yeah, had thrombophilia. It was just it was too hard to write, too real, um, and I just couldn't do it. And I was able to like I knew uh, I was writing other comics for getting published, like on sci-fi and horror. And I was like, okay, I can just you know keep doing that. And then I just kind of knew it was time to, to do the book because there's really, I mean, there are superheroes out there with illnesses and that are disabled and stuff, but like not at the depth that I tried to hit in this no, story. You be, you killed this because again, we had Captain Marvel, but he got canceled way later on. So he had a superhero life, you know, without too much of uh, interference. Some of the only other superhero that I, comes to mind comes from those image days, you know, Valentino, Shadowhawk, they had yep. AIDS, but it also... At the end, you know, wasn't something that would affect them in the middle of the field, you know, totally. as rapidly as, as this guy. So that's totally. what makes this so, such a great read because at any moment, anything could happen to him. Totally. Because you know, physical assertion, especially with a diabetic, is, is, is as bad as e eating a whole bunch of sugar. Totally, totally. You're ex you're exactly right. So so yeah, it was a twenty. It was twenty nineteen. I was finally said, you know what? I love this story too much to let it sit. I'm just gonna I'm gonna change George to a type one diabetic because um, my best friend at work has been a type one diabetic since he was seven years old. So I oh said, okay. And we commiserated a lot. You know, he was my creative partner, so like we had a lot of the same worries, a lot of the same insecurities and fears about like hiding our illnesses in the workplace. Um, you know, and like medical debt and all that stuff. So we were really close, and we are close. And I said, okay. I can do this as a type one diabetic and I can use help from him to make sure I'm accurate and respectful and, and, you know, like mindful, which is what I really wanted to do. So, uh, so he helped me do it. 
Um, and then back to the, the publishers, Barbara and Bryant Dillon at Fanbase Press. Um, so I'm in LA. The LA comic scene, the indie comic scene is really tight. You'd think it's it's a big city, but like if you're into indie comics in LA, you kind of all know each other. And, and I'd known them for years and I really love being around them. They're great people and I love the work that they publish. Um, so I pitched them Ripple Effects. I didn't pitch it anywhere else. They were the publisher I wanted to work with. And I was hoping, nice. I was hoping they'd, they'd want it and, and they did. So, uh, that's, of course they yeah. recognize greatness. Yeah. They recognize what's a great story and Thank this you. is it. So let me show a cover and then I want to find out how you even met the artist, but here's like the issue one cover art. Yeah. Look at this. So Fancy yeah, too, with the ripples and all, I mean, using your trade skills, if you will, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that this this cover was done by my friend Justin Harder, who's a who's an end titles artist, and uh, he was able to do the covers for me this time. And he's a way better artist than I am. So this is the first comic I've never I haven't done my own cover for, but I feel like I majorly upgraded. <laughs> so no, it, it's amazing. So, but how much influence did you have with the ripple look? Because that looks so artsy. <laughs> you know I mean? Thank you. Yeah. I love how that looks. It's, it, it's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. And then here we got the other cast member, La yep. Salvadora. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dig it. Look at her. Kick ass, funny, great spirit. I really want to see this as a cartoon eventually or something or, or animated film. So that way you could, you know, I think you do better with the special effects on the ripple. I, I agree. I, I fully agree with you. I think animation is the the best way to serve the story. Um, and the yep. yeah. And there it goes for the graphic when it come out. Gorgeous, mm -hmm. is it? Nah, I mean fan base only makes them dope. Yeah. But there goes this though. I, I really dig this. Look at that. That that itself is is a poster. Please don't don't smoke. <laughs> well, yeah, you stare into yeah. this, you're gonna fall into an abyss. Apparently, oh. yeah, 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 yeah. Don't don't stare it too long. Don't get a black light out. But so, uh, so talk about the team, building the team to to really fit the vision of the story for you. Yeah. So so once the story, uh, Barbara and Bryant, they extended me an offer on Ripple Effects, which was awesome. And then COVID lockdown happened like a couple oh. of weeks after it. And there was there was uh, a pandemic lockdown lockdown aspect to the story originally. I'm like, whoop, <laughs> we need to change that. Like, no one's gonna want to read about this anymore. So that that's delayed the book almost a year, just with the release schedules and everything to tweak the story. But I'm I'm glad that we were able to, you know, because had the book already been in production and COVID then happened, like it would have been bad. So. Uh, yeah so then we were able to just um look for artists <clears throat> and we had so many great artists they put out a call for submissions fan base press did and had, oh, we had so many great artists that wanted uh to be a part of the book and they were and they were great and um you know a big thing for me is like this is another thing i talk about too to to younger newer newer writers is finding the right artist for your story right you know like mm -hmm. some some artists are just so good at horror but maybe couldn't do comedy and vice versa right so it's like we had some great artists that came in that were just incredible but they i knew they wouldn't fit the tone of the stories it's a heavier tone you know yeah. what i mean and and we were able to find Bruno. And when I saw his work, uh, Bruno Chirillo from Brazil, 
uh, when I saw his work, I just was blown away. And I was like, this, this is great. Like he, he's bringing it to life, but he's also, he's not heavy handed, which I'm, uh, as the colorist as well, um, I knew I could set the tone with the colors, especially being set in LA. It needs to be bright, you know, like I want yeah. bright colors everywhere. So we worked with him. Um, Justin is one of my friends in LA that I just had met at the comic convention scene. And uh, he's a movie end titles artist. So like he drew the end titles for Deadpool, um, the little stick figure and, and Oh, my, wow, cool. Yeah, my little pony. He's he's done a lot of a lot of movies, Thor to the Dark World. Um, and he's a huge comic fan, like way back to the image days, just like me. Like he's got okay. the Valentinos, the live fellow. <laughs> I mean, again, yeah. that's my era too. From high school, I had a local yep. shop, and it, every yep. Wednesday we go to that shops, rack up, stack up. We weren't greedy like speculators buying fifty copies of one issue, you know. No, we did what I, we did and had have fun. I I remember that too, like just going to the stores, <laughs> guys with just a stack of young bloods or like whatever. Like I'm paying for my kids' college with this. Like I just uh, good yeah. luck. <laughs> Save me one, man, please. But uh. Yeah, so we had we had those three involved, and then uh, uh, for me, we brought in Shane Kadlicek to f color flat the pages, which saved me a lot of time because I still work almost full time. So it's just a lot of balancing between comics and work work. So he did an awesome job, and then um, Yano Radsford lettered, and he's an Eisner uh, Award nominated letterer. He did, yeah, he did a great job bringing it to life, and. Uh, yeah, it was it's just a, it was a great team, you know, and, and Barbara and Brian were just great editors. They like gave me full creative freedom to do what I wanted, but also pulled me back in when I when I needed to be pulled in, because that's that's what I need. Like every writer's different. I'm the type of writer that that wants a lot of people to read my scripts and give me notes or thoughts on it, because um, yeah. You want that. to bring the best product out there, kiddo. Totally, totally. Like I have friends who are writers that don't want anyone to read their stuff at all, and um, you know, then why write? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, then people will tell you those things in their reviews of your of your work. I've found, and that's not the most fun either. Yeah, hey, uh, don't get don't get upset when somebody blasts you. I mean, yeah. I, I don't like we we don't do that here. We don't blast. Yeah. We don't. That 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 that's an uh, ineffective type of reviewing, I think. I love oh, people need criticism, sure, constructive, not yes. be a jerk about it. You know, Agreed. I see too many people be jerks about it, and that's that's the problem. But they won't admit that. That's yeah. that's their narcissistic side coming out there. Yeah. Yes. Oh no, yeah. I'm entitled to my opinion. Sure, you are, but you know, you don't have to be a dick about it. This is my totally. say on this. <laughs> totally, totally, man. So I'd rather get that constructive feedback while it's still a word document as opposed to a printed comic book, you know. So uh <laughs> yeah, they did a great job. And then they came up with the ideas then to have the essay series in the back of each issue, which I'm super with proud this of. fire, yes, yeah. and strong essays, especially that issue one, you mm -hmm. know, with the type one diabetes, because my, my mom has diabetes, not type one though. Yeah, because that shit is crazy. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I have people with diabetes in the family. I've had people, you know, pass on because of how bad yeah. it was. They had the type one. Yeah. So again, you know, you thank you. You 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 are bringing about something that's rarely discussed in, in this format. So yeah. you know, but you're doing it in a cool way. So you you are superhero, but it, it's also the human issues condition, right? Yes. I mean, totally. how, how does somebody feel superheroic when 
you know, insiders like they're less than heroic, or at least they feel they are. It's, totally. I mean, again, it, it's a great book, but you touching on, and pulling on the heartstrings, kiddo. Thank you. <laughs> you know, wait, wait till you get to, to issue five, then. Uh, oh, God. You're going to murder me, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's You'll have to email me after you read it. So, uh, oh, it's, okay. It's I'm going to email your ass then. Yeah, it's the most proud uh, thing I think I've written is is issue five. So oh, I can't wait. I yeah. cannot wait to, to read that. So just, just a couple more things before we go. Talk about that cast now, because even though the story is about George, we meet other people, especially people that seem to be in the same boat. I, I mean, in the superheroic side, you know, we don't know if, if, if he's the only one affected the way he is. Yeah. Hey, no, only future issues will tell. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Correct. So, uh, when, well, yeah, when I was building this cast, I, I asked myself, you know, if people were super powered in today's world, what, um, what would they be like? Right. And, and what would the world be like? And I, I think that if superheroes were real today, they'd be the most famous people on the planet. They would have yeah. billions of followers. They would have everything. And I think with that fame comes more power, right? Like power. So like, I, I don't think there would really be super villains to start with. I think people like not, not in the beginning, people would be so famous. So like, why would I mess this up? You know, like they, they wouldn't want to be a super villain. Influencing so. on a whole new level on the social. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so yeah. So I just wanted to build a, a cast with, you know, this world Superman is uh, Salvadora, Kristen Gutierrez. Um, who I, I just thought would be fun. You know, it's set in SoCal. So there's, there's so much diversity here, so many different ethnicities that I wanted to reflect that in, into this story about what it would really be like. So um, uh, yeah, she's basically the Superman of the, of the, of the world. And she's leading a secret team of other super powered uh, young people in their twenties and thirties in Los Angeles that all have day jobs, but kind of put on the mask at night under under covert options. And they, they have chosen to live out of the spotlight. They want their normal lives, but they want to help at night. Whereas Salvadora is just so powerful. She's the opposite. She doesn't have a personal life anymore. And now she's just full-time Salvadora at all times. And that's a problem too. I mean, me mental yeah. health wise, at least in yeah. my opinion, which I noticed. Yeah that you know through the story like she's too much in herself what's going on <laughs> yes yeah even superman is clark sometimes you feel me? yeah yeah correct so that will that that where that pressure and the reason that that i do that is because if you'll see in issue four and five it's like that's a lot of pressure on anyone right to be a hero at all times so like that pressure will start to get to her um which i think is another real human thing that would happen um, but then of course I wanted to build like some Robin Hood type characters, right? Like I'm fascinated. I've always been fascinated even before I understood storytelling as a kid with Magneto of the X-Men, right? Oh. Because like Magneto could be the good guy one week and then the bad guy the next week. You know what I mean? Like, it's like he does bad stuff, but also he grew up in a concentration camp. He saw what humans can do to each other. He feels like that's happening to the mutants. So he's like, doesn't want that happening. And you're like, well, if that was me, like I would feel that way. I probably wouldn't do the thing he do, does, but I'd be concerned. Right. So 
I wanted to create a char character like that in Ripple Effects, and that comes in the form of Uppercut, uh, Juan Gutierrez, who is Salvador's older brother. and um, Which he dropped a bomb immediately in issue one. Here I thought they were yeah. going to beat each other's butt. And yeah. all of a sudden, they, but, but mom, I said, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's not a spoiler. That's right away in issue one. So uh, his, his opinion is that instead of using powers to save anyone, his sister can do. So what he wants to do is help communities and help underprivileged and impoverished people that that need his help more than saving them from a sinking boat or something like that. So but to do that, he's he's stealing, right? He's breaking the law to help the people who need it. And that's where his sister has a uh, has a problem. But um, George will eventually slight spoiler not made it, but he'll find himself in between both of those siblings, right? Like, He'll have Salvador on one side wanting him to join her like secret superhero group and then he'll have Uppercut on the other side. That's like, dude, you're buried in medical debt. You're sick. You, you're, you're from a working class family, right? And you see how your family's treated like, don't you want to change that? Don't you want to help like do something there? So that's yeah. kind of the dynamic that George is going to find himself in. Yeah, like, great. Very human things. You know, in, in, in this story, you know, that that's complicated in itself because, again, what is bad, what is good, right? That definition yeah. is left to a very individual basis. Even with the Magneto, he really was introduced as, as a badass villain, but over yeah. time, his character has changed to that anti-hero. Yeah. I, I would like to put him, you know, there are some times that he's got to do what he's got to do, and you, you could agree with it almost like, yeah. Well, you know, uh, I mean, especially me from New York, I mean, you know, sometimes you're going to have to get a little grimy to get the yeah. job done. <laughs> yeah, I mean? yeah, totally. Very good, uh, yeah, totally. I am so digging. See, see, see folks, you got to get this book. It's it's really, really, really good, man. I, again, I, I read through issue three already, and I couldn't put it down. It was one, two, three. Yes, yes, yes. Damn Thank it, you. I need four now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate so it. So when is issue four coming? So issue four is going to be uh, September, the middle of September. So the it'll be the third week of September, that Wednesday. I don't have the date on me right now. I'm trying. Um, One, two, three. Is it the 21st? Yes. Yeah. There we go. So it'll 21st, be the 21st. Issue four. Yep. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. We definitely, I, I want you back. I, you know, after five, if you break my heart, I'm going to have to have a special conversation, <laughs> special and have words with you okay, <laughs> okay. so i'll, I'll, I'll pre i uh, i'm excited for that i hope so. so yeah man again i really dig it just, this is something different i haven't read something like this and i, I really enjoyed it i, I connected with it especially with the story because again and you look at your story which i could also connect to because i i saw and experienced that myself so man yeah. flowers time thank you thank you my brother you. for what you, you do for bringing this type of story you know, doing what you've been doing. Don't you ever stop, man. It's for real. You have Galactus on both shoulders because you will be the conqueror of comics. That's the real talk. You know, keep doing what I'm telling you. You got such a bright oh, yeah. future. Let's manifest. This is going to be the greatest cartoon ever also. That, that. Thank you. Let's get it picked up. Let's get it picked yeah. up, baby. <laughs> Let's do it. Thank you so much for your kind words. That really, uh, really well, touched me. I appreciate let it. Let's end with your kind words. What type of advice would you give someone trying to step into the game like you did? Into the comics game? 
Yep. Uh, keep your chin up. Keep your chin up. Do not let nose get you down. We all have run through the gauntlet of nose. And, and honestly, um, it's so much easier for a publisher or for an editor or for if you're an artist and you want a writer or vice versa. It's so much easier to say no than it is to say yes. So make sure you, you think of going out as taking an editor told me this is, is one of the greatest pieces of advice I ever got, like taking away as many no's as you can, right? Like look at your work and say, what could someone say no about this? And when I say like the colors aren't good enough, the lettering doesn't look professional. There's no B story. There's no character development. Like really look at your work and think about what would an editor say and try to visualize that and then um, adjust it and just work, you you know, work hard. It's not easy. I can tell you that right now. Um, I would say probably 80% of people will, will just get discouraged over time and I don't blame them. It is really hard. Um, but if you just keep working and uh and and you stay positive it's like stanley said he's like the cream will always rise and and you know it doesn't seem like it but it will if you stick with it there you go folks you heard it from the man right here got a day job doing this sit on the gig on the side you know he got a dope team you know he's dealing with his own personal issues and yet he is bringing about some dopeness so don't you make no excuses but jordan could do you could do it too all right Mr. Jordan Hart, no relation to Brett. So if you want to follow Jordan, please follow him on Instagram at Jordy Jordith. That's J-O-R-D-Y, J-O-R-D-I-T-H on the Instagrams. And I need you to go visit fan base press and pre-order the trade paperback. All right. And you can probably get the issues through there too. So just click away because fan base press got a lot of amazing stuff. Check them out their website as well, Fanbase Press. Really great combo company. You need support indie. That's where it's at, all right? So you know what to do with me, right? Follow everything at comicbookcrusaders.com, everything at undercovercapes.com. That's where my extended family's at with amazing shows like Old Times Comic Book Show, Definitive Crusade, No Price Podcast, and more. And at Comic Crusaders, obviously, you can see me, but also Crisis in the Toyverse, you know, Cinema Crusaders, Music Crusaders, and a whole lot more. All right? And with that, I'm at Mega with the amazing Mr. Jordan Hart. Hasta la próxima, mi gente. Wepa! Later. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today. 